This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to uh, finish up today on the topic I started last week. What was it? Fear. Fear. Dealing with the fear factor. We started talking about this. I was talking about how I, I started uh, in, in a message I gave uh, several weeks back. I had made the comment that, uh, that fear is sin. And I had a bunch of confused looks, people looking at it from the crowd like, fear is sin. And so that's why I thought, you know what, we need to talk about fear because really fear is the root of so much of what we deal with. And we talked about last week how fear keeps us from so much that God has for us in life. Fear can keep us from his promises. Fear can keep us from healing. Fear can be a major roadblock. Now, I also, I'll say right from the get-go, I, I kind of made the little disclaimer last week that there are different aspects and perspectives to sin. I'm sorry, to fear. And that, that not necessarily, I mean, you look at the Bible, and the Bible says over and over and over again, fear not, only believe, but then it tells us things like to fear God. And so there's a different aspect of fear, and I actually thought about this this week. How many of you remember the message I gave, uh, I think it was last fall, on honor? And I talked about honor and how the very root uh, definition of honor means weight. Remember we talking about that? It means to give weight to something. I was talking about how if you're driving along the Pacific Coast Highway and there's all these signs that say, watch for falling rocks, and you see this big boulder start rolling down in front of you, are you going to hit the gas pedal and try and speed up and see if you can beat it? Or are you going to stop and honor the weight of this situation, honor the weight of this boulder? And so that's honor. You're giving honor where it is due. And there's a fear. Fear is closely related to that, this type of fear, in that uh, it's, it's related to um, understanding the weight and the magnitude of something. And that's why I was saying, you know, we talk about how we come boldly into God's presence as our Father, but we also have to stop and honor and in fear of God, remembering that He did create all that is seen and unseen with the words of His mouth, that He is holy, He is righteous, He is just. And that the angels even hide their faces before him and cry, holy, holy. That's the fear and the honor of God, which he's our father, but yet it's where we still bow before him, right? It's not the kind of fear I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the paralyzing, crippling fear that we sometimes deal with in life. How many of you have been there? Fear. You had a fear that consumed you. We all deal with fear in different times in different ways, but we all deal with fear. From the very moment that we're born, we have to deal with our children who are constantly scared of something, right? We're there to comfort them because fear comes immediately as soon as we come into this world. So I was talking about common fears. Um, if you're like me, I've always dealt with fear of heights. Some people are afraid of flying in the dark, spiders, dogs, snakes, germs, driving, like my wife, driving over bridges. Dentists, doctors, needles, water, crowds, social situations, tight spaces. Or if we go a little deeper, one that many times, many of us, if not most of us have dealt with is looking foolish. That's why sometimes we don't like to be corrected. We always have to be right. Isn't that true? We get, we get easily offended. I can't believe they talked to me like that. Well, sometimes we're afraid of intimacy. Sometimes it's commitment, rejection, abandonment, being alone, never being enough, failure, death, change. And we went even further into the spiritual aspect. There's people that are fearful of the supernatural. Some people are afraid they'll never be enough for God. Some people are afraid of the devil. And demons, they tremble in fear. We all deal with fears at different times, in different ways. And I went on to talk about how, uh, and much of it last week, I, I was telling my story. I'm going to kind of continue that. I, I, I told my wife, I've got less notes I've ever had before, because I'm, I'm just kind of telling the story that I've walked in, because I think that we all have this in common. In that, you know, I grew up in a great home, Christian home, but... I found that I was very fear, fearful of man. I was very fearful. I, I was very fearful of rejection. And that affected so much of what I did and I didn't do. 
Thank goodness by my senior year, I was getting things right with the Lord and deciding I was going to follow him in my life, but I was so full of fear. I went on and was a student at Christ for the Nations, and, and I, I think I talked about that some, but first time on my own and, and really serving the Lord. And how many know when you really start to serve the Lord, he shines his light in there, and things begin to really be exposed within you. And I began to see all these fears within me that were going to keep me from my destiny and what God called, had called me to do. And uh, I talked about how Sean and I, we took our first youth pastorate in a, in a church up in Illinois. And I accepted it very quickly because I, I, was, I was so afraid that I would turn it down or I'd make up an excuse like I always did. And I, we took that job, took our first youth pastorate up near, near Chicago. And, uh, and I, I, man, I was good at putting on a good face and trying to hide it. And actually, I showed a bunch of pictures last week. I'll show a couple more. Put up that first one real quick. We had just moved to Illinois at this point. We'd been married for, we'd been married for two or three months. My wife is shaking her head. My big hair. So full of fear. Uh, yeah, just, let me just show the next few real quick. This is right after we'd moved to Illinois. I think that was my, my birthday, probably my 21st birthday. Hit the next one. Christmas, that was 1997, just the, the fall before Lauren was born. Hit the next one. Right after Lauren was born, obviously. How times change with hair. You know, how hair, how hair changes with time. And then show that next one real quick. We were still living in Illinois at this point. Well, my Uncle David and Aunt Barbara hadn't changed much, have they? <laughs> um, but we were still living in Illinois, and this is Church of the Harvest, old building over on Ross Road, and, and Lauren had just been born, and and uh, brought her back for, uh, to, be, to be dedicated to the Lord. So, so anyway, we're living in Illinois, and I, I told last week about how everything changed. Um, one day I went to, um, we were at the Rock Church in Danville, Illinois. Jim Stern uh, is recording his first worship album. We go, and I said something. I, I, I said to the Lord, I, I just, or to myself more, I said, man, I, how awesome would that be to lead God's people in worship? And then my next thought was, I could never do that. And it was from that moment the Lord began speaking to me. And that night, I began writing my list of fears, all the things that I was so fearful of. And the Lord dealt with me in that. And I talked about how I began studying fear, and I began repenting of my fears. And I began renouncing them and making a plan to get rid of them. What am I afraid of? And beginning to deal with it. And so I, I defined fear. Fear is to be afraid of something or someone, to expect or worry about something bad or unpleasant, to be afraid or worried. But... As you saw last week, I'm going to list the synonyms again. I found that better definition of the synonyms here. It, it, the synonyms of fear, anxiety, despair, doubt, dread, horror, panic, suspicion, terror, unease, worry, cowardice, discomposure, distress, faintheartedness, foreboding, fright, misgiving, phobia, revulsion, timidity, trembling, trepidation, cold feet. Which, as we said, that is, doesn't sound anything like our God, right? That's not any of the fruit of the Spirit, is it? It doesn't come from him. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us? Power, love, and a sound mind. The antonyms of fear were assurance, calm, cheer, confidence, contentment, ease, encouragement, faith, happiness, joy, trust, calm, comfort, love, bravery, courage, fearless, and heroism. That sounds like our God, doesn't it? That sounds like something that would come forth from the fruit of the Spirit. And then we went in and we talked about Matthew 14, and that's what we based our points on last week. We talked about how the disciples had just experienced Jesus multiplying food. He had just fed to 5,000. And then Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go on ahead, ahead of me, jump in the boat and head on across. I'm going to go get alone and pray. Well, they go out on the boat, and the Bible says a windstorm picks up, and they begin to fear. And they see Jesus walking out on the water, right? And their first response was What? It's a ghost. There, we talked about how your mind plays tricks on you, right? And Peter, of course, Jesus said, don't fear, it's me. Peter says, if it's you, let me come. Jesus says, come. Peter gets up and walks, and everything's fine until he takes his eyes off Jesus, right? And he begins to sink. So I gave you the three points about, how, about fear, how fear affects our bodies, how we respond in the moments of fear with fight or flight, about how how fear can make us physically ill. Yeah? Isn't that true? Fear can affect our bodies in such a way that it can make sickness and disease come upon us. It can make it worse. 
Second thing we mentioned was fear consumes our thoughts. Our minds begin to run away with it, with themselves, whatever. Our minds run away. We start thinking all kinds of things. We hear some weird sound in the house at night that's not normal, and we're flipping out. We have all kinds of terrible pictures in our mind of what this could be, and we go out there and realize the wind just blew a branch against the window. It's okay. So fear consumes our thoughts, and number three, fear derails our destiny. Peter was walking to Jesus until he took his eyes off and looked at the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. Fear can absolutely keep us from doing what God wants us to do with our lives. We went into Numbers 13, we're talking about how the, uh, the spies came back after, after, after checking out the promised land. Two of them had a good report, the rest of them didn't, right? The rest of them were fearful. All of a sudden, the entire congregation, the entire group becomes fearful because of the report of these few spies. They said, if only we had just died in, in Egypt, if only we had died in the wilderness, and, and God said, so be it. What you fear just come upon you. You won't see the promised land. So it derailed their destiny. What they had lived for, to see the promised land. Fear is the result of a lack of faith, not believing God's power, His love, and His willingness to act on our behalf. We fear because we lack faith. Mark 4.40, He said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? This is what Jesus said to them. Jesus is directly, his, his immediate response to their fear was equating it to their doubt. You fear because you have no faith. You fear because you don't believe. You fear because you doubt. Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Fear when not controlled gives evidence that we do not believe that God is telling the truth and we do not believe that he can be entrusted with our best interest. That's kind of heavy, isn't it? Sure is to me. We talked about Job 3.25. What happens when we fear? Job said, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. Fear is really, we talked about last week, fear is really the only real tool the enemy has against us. If he can bring fear and we can latch onto it, then we're powerless against him. That's when we find that a lid will be placed on our life. And we won't be able to accomplish the things that God has for us. You can't be full of faith and fear at the same time because they're opposites. You can't give control to fear and faith. So I gave you an assignment. I said begin to write down those fears that you've allowed to control you. I'm not saying you're claiming them over your life. I'm saying recognize them so you can speak against them. Write the fears that you've allowed to control your life. Put them down. Repent of them and begin to renounce them every day. And we come to the point, actually, how many of you have ever come to the point where somebody said something and you realized you had a new fear that you didn't realize was there before? Or you realize the motivation of your heart, something you'd been doing for a long time, and somebody said something in a moment and you realized that it was related to a fear or it was related to something in the past? Or how many times did you have a fear or something that bothered you and you never were quite sure where that came from until one day something came and you remembered and you were like, I think it was that moment. Something happened to change things. I believe too that on top of this, I think something I was thinking about this week, sometimes we need to pray and ask God, say, Lord, reveal to me those areas where I have allowed fear into my heart. Reveal those fears that maybe I don't even see that have just have displayed themselves through different actions in my life, but I don't even realize what they are. Sometimes we need to pray. We ask, need to ask God to reveal those to us so that we can deal with them. Uh, but I'm going to jump on in today. I'm going to talk about how do we conquer fear. And I told you I was going to get a bit more practical today. But if you would, turn in your Bibles. It's actually in your notes. It's going to be on the screen as well. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Y'all probably be very familiar with this. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I was reading that and I was thinking, that's exactly what fear is. Fear is 
those arguments and those high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Because remember how we talked about fear is when we don't trust God and trust what His Word says. So that's exactly what this is here. Every time we fear, it's an argument. It's a high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, of who He is. This passage tells us, though, that we first have to deal with the spiritual aspect, for we do not war according to the flesh, right? So that's actually number one in your notes. We have to conquer fear spiritually. Now, some of you may be new believers. You don't know a whole lot about the Word. Some of you have been believers your entire life. But whether you know it or not, there are a lot of things taking place around us that we cannot see every day. The spiritual realm is very real. The enemy is very real. The Bible says that he is defeated. But man, is he sneaky. I described him, if y'all may remember back several weeks ago, I described him, I saw kind of a picture in my mind of him as a, a little chihuahua that's just yapping, 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 and just driving us crazy. It can't really hurt us. It's nipping at our heels, but it's just driving us nuts, and it won't be quiet, and it's just ruining everything. The enemy is just that little thing that yaps, yaps, yaps. But his tool is fear. Ephesians 6.12, it's in your notes there. If we not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We have, absolutely do have a spiritual fight on our hands. And we have to deal with the spiritual aspect of this first. The enemy brings fear, and we have to first deal with fear spiritually. Peter had to see through the wind and the waves, and he had to lock his eyes on Jesus. And those wind and, their, wind and waves, they, they're still there today for us. They look like a lot of different things. But they're still there. And we've got to be able to get through those things spiritually so that we can fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Understanding the supernatural should help us calm our fears. Uh, it's all really about knowing who you are. 1 John 4.4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We believe that? Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Zechariah 4, 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What we've got to do is we've got to fight this in the spirit first. We've got to realize that the battle is won. For some reason, we want to keep on fighting and fighting and fighting instead of taking authority. Remembering that the battle is won. There is nothing in this life to fear. Not even death itself. Peter, I'm sorry, Paul was talking to Timothy I, Gave this last week, y'all know the scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. We just said it a minute ago. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Timothy at this point, I believe, was a young pastor. And Paul was coming through, and I can just imagine Timothy dealing with some fears at this point in his life. And Paul's speaking to Timothy. And he said, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. Remember what we said a minute ago, fear is a result of a lack of faith, not believing in God's power, His love, and His willingness to act on our behalf. We have to remove doubt. We've got to get His Word in us to the point that we truly believe what it says. And the evidence of that is the fear in our life. The more we get into his word and the more we believe what it says, the less fear there's going to be. Time for a few more pictures. Some of y'all have heard this story about a few years ago. Uh, a few years ago, we were camping at Waldoxy, and I actually found pictures of, uh, of that little camping trip. Go ahead and put up the first one. There's, uh, there's me and Aaron. And uh, go ahead and hit the next one there. And then uh, Madison and... 
Lauren in their, in their Disney princess tent. And, and then hit the last one there. Yeah. We only camped, we only camped one night out there. It was their first time camping. And, uh, but it was that night late that Lauren had to go to the bathroom. And she didn't want to go outside. And so we were uh, in Waldox, we were pretty close to the bathrooms. And so Shauna said, I'll walk you. And so they go walking late that night through the woods to the bathroom. And that's when, when uh, Lauren was holding Shauna's hand and said, I'm scared. And before Shauna could say anything, Lauren said, but I know that God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Yeah. That's a moment with your children you go, yes. <laughs> because she, she learned that verse in here in our children's class. She learned that God, it wasn't God that brought her, that brings fear. And so she was able to dig in and bring that scripture back to her remembrance. And there she was, actually it was that night before, I think that's in the morning, they look pretty rough. But that night before that she, that she said that, I don't know how old, how old she was then, but we have to fill ourselves with God's word. And listen, as I talked about several weeks ago, it, we've got to be careful who we follow, Remember a few weeks ago, I even talked about, I was talking about horror movies, about how I, I love suspense, I really do, but I have a real problem with horror, because horror is one of those synonyms of fear, and it's the exact opposite of God. I, I, I hope this doesn't just offend anybody, but I, I've never known anybody, I, I've known quite a few people in my life who are consumed with horror movies, they always have to see a horror movie. I've never seen one that was able to walk real close to the Lord. Because fear is the exact opposite of faith. And it's with faith that we come to the Lord. Uh, suspense, liking an adrenaline rush, that's okay. But when we are allowing, when we're going and we are feeding on fear itself, that's a completely different matter. It's exactly the opposite of God and His nature. So step one, we've got to deal with fear spiritually. We've got to know what the Word says. We've got to feed on the Word. We've got to believe it. We've got to confess it. We've got to rebuke the fear in our life. Secondly, we've got to conquer fear mentally. Going back to those mind games. 2 Corinthians 5.10, and the King James says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. Exalts itself against what? Against what we know of our God. Our mind can run away with us so easily. I, I talked about it a little bit last week. How many of you have ever felt something in your body that brought fear? Oh my goodness. What? Remember I talked about how I injured my back, and a few months later I was having these bad chest pains, and I thought, well, I know my grandfather has heart issues, my dad's got high blood pressure, and it's got to be my heart, it's got to be my heart. Turned out it was a muscle spasm in my chest. But how we allow our minds to run away with ourselves. And how, man, how that can stop what God wants to do. When we don't confess his word and we feed on that fear instead. People are afraid they're going to catch the flu. People are afraid of cancer. They're afraid of a heart attack. They're afraid they're getting a little older and they're forgetting a few things. I hope Alzheimer's didn't say, man. It's like, come on. There's a thunderstorm in the forecast. I hope my husband makes it home from work okay. Haven't been able to reach my spouse on the cell phone for an hour. I hope they hadn't been in an accident. Our minds run away with themselves, don't they? Or what about my husband's an hour late for work and he's been a little disconnected lately. He might be having an affair. The way we let fear consume us and our minds run away with ourselves, we've got to stop and we've got to get a grip. What about we're driving down the street at night and we see a group of teenagers. Oh, they've got to be up to no good. They're going to jump somebody like at Kroger. <laughs> we can't let our minds run away with ourselves, with themselves, whatever. We've got to get a grip. We've got to trust what God's Word says. Believe it, confess it, rebuke it, get a grip. <laughs> Peter had to trust when Jesus said, come on out onto the water, Peter had to trust. When told he had to step out of the boat, 
When told to step out of the boat, he obeyed and he saw a miracle happen. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Say mind. Trust not in your own mind. And then, so we got firstly, deal with it spiritually. Know what the word says, believe it, confess it, rebuke it. Step two, deal with it mentally, get a grip. And then step three, deal with it physically. Peter's there. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come, and Peter walks. But you realize that Peter dealt with all three of these areas in that moment. The spiritual part. He had seen what all Jesus was doing. I don't know if he was convinced completely yet that Jesus was the Son of God or not. But he believed. He believed enough that he stepped out of the boat and stood. He had to fix his eyes on Jesus. He had to deal with that spiritual aspect there in that moment. He had to have more faith than fear. True? He had to deal with the mental part. Can you imagine that moment as he stepped over the boat and he's sitting on the edge getting ready to put his first foot down? Okay. He's looking at Jesus. Imagine the mental, what he was struggling with when he put his first foot down and he found that it supported his weight. And he kept his eyes on Jesus and let go and started walking. He dealt with the physical when he trusted what Jesus did and started walking on the water. How many of you know that many times you have to take a physical step to overcome the fear in your life? James 2, 17 and 18 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. Basically, we finish the process of overcoming our fears by facing them and taking the physical steps we've got to take, not allowing them to stop us any longer. So I had that night at the Rock Church in Danville, Illinois, where I for a brief moment pictured myself singing and leading worship, and I said, I can never do that. And I wrote down... I wrote that down as one of my fears. And I wrote down that one day, I was at least going to sing and be a part of leading worship. It was never something I felt God necessarily called me to do. I just knew that I had this fear. I had this love for worship. I knew I could sing at least a little bit. I could carry a tune. And I knew that I was fearful of it. So I said, I need to do it. So a few weeks later, go ahead and throw that next picture up. Well, that's an old picture. Our youth group in Illinois, I got up and I was afraid to have my own mic. <laughs> but I stood there with some of the teenagers and started helping with worship in our youth group. Because they needed me? No. Just because I knew I was afraid of it and I needed to face it. And what better place? So I got up and I started singing with the youth group. And I actually joined the worship team of that church up there and, and was singing once or twice a month as a, as a backup singer with them. And as we know, things progressed from there. I uh, was still, I was afraid of speaking in front of people. And so I began just immediately accepting whatever I was asked to do. I was asked to speak at a school up there, a school assembly, a number of different things. I was just, yes, and I would step in and do it. I would be so scared. I mean, I would be holding a microphone that was trembling, trying everything in my power while I was talking to keep it from shaking. You ever done that before? You ever given a testimony or done something, and you had to hold a mic for a minute, and you see that it's shaking, you're going, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, we moved back here in December of 99. In 2002, I remember the next time I was really, I was really afraid uh, we had the, uh, the worship band from Youth America in. They, they were doing this little tour, the AMP tour, Aggressive Modern Praise. And uh, so our church hosted that. How many of y'all remember that? That was 2002. There's a few of you. Yeah, you were a part of setting up for that. There was, uh, we rented the New Daisy Theater down on Beale Street on a Friday night. And uh, Natalie and Grant Pankratz, some of the others came in and led worship that night. We packed that place out. All these different youth groups came but, I mean, drunks come in off the street. It was awesome. I mean, seriously, it was awesome. 
But we were hosting this. And I had to stand on that stinking stage. Go ahead and hit the next one. There was, there was quite, a, quite, a, quite a crew there. We packed the theater out. You were there, weren't you, Mike? Were you there back then? No? And then hit that next one. There's uh, Natalie and Grant Pankratz from Church of the Harvest, Oklahoma City, and some of their team leading worship. And, and there's one more. Dude, shaking with fear. <laughs> had to face my fear. Y'all remember I told you that I was so consumed with what people thought. I had to have every hair in the right place. I was afraid of wearing a cap because I was afraid I'd have hat head. I realized one day, I mean, I realized, it was on a Wednesday night. We had service this, on this Wednesday night. And that afternoon, I was working on a message and I wasn't coming to anything. And all of a sudden, the Lord took me back to my list of fears. And that's when I wrote a message, my first message on overcoming fear. And to illustrate that point, go ahead and hit the next one. I ran to a lady in the church who did hair. And I told her I wanted the top of my hair bleached, blonde. I was so scared of that. It sounds ridiculous. But I, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my appearance and stuff, I'm not going to let people, I'm not going to let that affect me. Y'all are laughing. You know you've dealt with it. <laughs> Y'all laughing, spend an hour in front of the mirror all, you know, trying to get everything straight. But I had always done my hair exactly the same way, and I said, no more. And I actually put a cap on and went to cap. That's why I left the sides brown, so that nobody would know. So I was doing this message with a cap on, and right in the middle of it, I just flipped it off. And they were all, <gasps> hit the next one. I was right before youth service. Go ahead and hit the next one there, Matt. Oh, is there not another one in there? Oh, yeah. And then I did the rest of it. I thought it looked ridiculous. It was the stupidest thing. It's ridiculous. But I realized what a grip this had on me. And so it was part of my way of saying no more. Now, as you see, that was October of 99, uh, about two months before we moved back here. And so I had to color it back right quick before we, I was like, I want everybody to church the harvest. I think I'm some freak, man. And so, and so it came back and I thought, you know, I'm not going to deal with this any further. And so just stick on that one for a minute. I, uh, I went ahead and, and buzzed my hair. And those of you who know me for any time know that two years ago was really the first time that I grew my hair back out. I was like, I'm not going to deal with this ever again. And I started every week, I, I bought clippers and I just buzzed, buzzed my hair off every week. And now it's as long as it ever got because I was like, I'm not ever going to allow that to be, you know, something that trips me up again. Does that make sense? How am I getting a phone call on my iPad? <laughs> um, that, yes. Um, what'd you say? Um... And so, another thing that I tried to overcome in my life was my fear, the fear of heights. How many of you, uh, go ahead and throw that next one up. We took the men out to Havasu. How many of y'all were there? Rich was there? Oh, man, quite a few of you here that went on that trip. That's uh, Havasu Canyon. Havasu River flows north into the Colorado River in Arizona. It's an Indian reservation. We went out there, some of the men from the church, and spent a week. That's Mooney Falls. Incredible. It's 200 feet high magnificent. Go ahead and put the next one up. There is, uh, from left to right, Steve Carter, Ron Saldano, Dennis Sapala, David Stevens, and, and uh, David Myers up there, all shirtless. Man, dude. <laughs> Where's David at? Oh, uh, yeah. Every time I'd go take a picture of David, would be like, hang on. <laughs> okay. That's them standing at the top of Mooney Falls. And you know what? I wasn't going to be left out of it either. Go ahead and put the next one up. I took a picture over the top of Mooney Falls. I wasn't right on the edge. There was still plenty of room right there, perfectly safe. But I could have never done that a few years before. I was like, I want a picture from up there. That is magnificent. And I was so afraid. And I walked up there and I took that picture. That was actually, that's actually not when the men were there. That was Sean and I there a couple of years earlier. Uh, the next picture, Sean and I, when we left this place, we went to uh, Hoover Dam. How many of y'all have ever been there? Talk, man, talk about magnificent. 
And the next picture, I actually, I wanted a picture down the side of it, and so I got my camera. You wouldn't believe how difficult it was for me just to get to the edge of, of something. You know, there's a rail and everything. But I, I took that picture down 600 feet down the side of that dam, perfectly safe. And I was like, I'm never again going to allow fear of heights to keep me from doing what I want to do. I had just a few more. Hit the, hit the next one real quick. That's a men's trip a few years ago. We went to the Buffalo River. Some of y'all were there on that. An old train bridge that Dennis and I went out on. Hit the next one. And uh, went out there and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there, yeah, I was holding on very tight. And, <laughs> and then one of the things I wrote on that list was that one day I was going to bungee jump just simply because I was so afraid of heights. And I know in the United States, it's now required by law that when you bungee jump, they have to put a big air cushion under you. I mean, it's the size of like three cars. It's like, and so Sean and I, a few years ago, were in, uh, were in Pigeon Forge, and that's her going first, thank goodness. <laughs> and and I, trust me, I had no desire whatsoever to be up there, but it was me facing my fear. And go ahead and play that video. There you go. And there I am. And I know you're going to say it's not real high. It's about 75 feet. And there's that huge air cushion. You wouldn't believe how I was trembling with fear. And you know what? Let me say this. I never, I don't love heights. I hate getting up on a ladder and changing the bulb on my ceiling. I don't know that that will ever be completely gone. But it is never, ever going to keep me from doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do or even what I want to do. Does that make sense? That was how, part of how I faced that fear. There comes a point where we have fed on the word, we've confessed, we've rebuked, and we just got to step out on the water. And we got to do what we were afraid to do before. Some of you, you've got things within you. You need to step out. You've got words that God has placed within your heart that need to be spoken. But you're so afraid of people and what people think. And it's, in, it's, it's stopping your destiny. It's stopping the blessing of the Lord. It's time to step through it and face that fear head on. There comes a point where you just have to step out. Sometimes there comes a point where you've got to let go. Me and David, if that year on the Buffalo River, can I tell that story, David? <laughs> uh, long story, making it real short. We, it was nightfall. It had gotten dark. Hey, just hang on that one there. And uh, how many of you were there for that? Yeah. Uh, we crossed, we came out of the, I don't, you can't really see back behind, that's the opening to the Buffalo River coming out into the White River in, in Arkansas. And uh, it was nightfall, we're trying to cross the river real quick, and they decided to open six gates on the dam while we were crossing in canoes. It became a very dangerous situation very quickly. And, um, and we... I mean, trees were underwater. Tops of trees were sticking out of the water. It was white capping everywhere, and we're just trying to stay upright. And it was terrible. And um, and we do finally we we finally get across, and we're up next to this rock ledge, this this kind of rock face. And um, and we had to go back. It's hard to explain. We had to get down. There was a there was a little boathouse down here along this rock ledge, but there was a ramp on the other side of it. And so we're all trying to take off and get around this boathouse. And uh, David and I were the two that were left. And he's in the front of the canoe, and I'm in the back, and we are backwards. And the river's flowing at seven or eight miles an hour, which is, I mean, that is fast for water. And we're sitting there holding on, but we're backwards. And there's a boathouse behind us. You know, those boathouses are off the water. They're floating, and there's cables underneath that are holding those down. And that's why Dave and I were talking, going, man, we got to be careful. Because if we hit that thing wrong, hit it sideways, we're going to be pulled straight under it. And, and get stuck on those cables underneath. And so we were, we were talking. It's was like, all right. I said, we've got to let go, and I, I, we were facing the wrong direction. I said, I'm going to paddle backwards on the left side. You paddle forwards on the right. We're going to try and swing this canoe around as quick as we can and try and get around that boathouse before the current pulls us into it. And we counted. One, two, three. And we start turning. All of a sudden, we stop again. I look up, and David's grabbed that tree branch that he was holding on to. <laughs> and he goes, I know. I've got to let go. I've got to let go. I was like, man, that will preach right there. <laughs> yeah. We're both holding on to tree branches, just trying to keep our canoe upright in the water, water flowing by so fast, and that moment of having to let go and face this thing. We can't hold on forever. We can't hold on. There's sometimes things that we allow into our lives 
that bring us comfort, but they keep us from facing the fear in our life. There comes a point where we've got to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do and let go and trust God in that moment. Some of the things that we're facing, as I said last week, some of the things that some of you are facing in life right now, um, I recognize that there are some very scary situations, big situations that seem very scary. And like I said last week, I'm not trying to belittle that at all. I know there's more to this life than a fear of heights that you can try and bungee jump and overcome, you know, or a fear of storms or whatever it may be. I know there's some big things that we face every day in life. But we've got to face those fears if we're going to go where God wants us to go. We cannot be more than conquerors. We cannot be overcomers and be gripped with fear. We've got to trust God. We've got to strengthen our faith. We've got to feed on His Word. We've got to watch what we're following. And what's influencing us? I, I was thinking today, fear is the root of almost everything that we deal with. Fear is generally even the root of our selfishness. We've got to deal with fear. God doesn't want us to be entrapped in fear. He wants us to be free. And as I said... Some of you are in a place where you know that God wants to use you to do more than what you've been doing in your life. He wants you to step out. But like all of us that have been gripped with fear sometimes, you've always got excuses or reasons. I'm so busy. I don't have time for that right now. I, I can't speak to that person. I don't have anything to say. They won't listen to me. I, blah, blah, blah. We always have words and excuses, don't we? We're all good at that. We've got to realize the things in our life that are fear, that are gripping us. And we've got to confront those things. Oh, you can, I think there's one more picture. You can put it up real quick if you want. That last one. Yeah. There's that boathouse down there. Um, it may be, may be that we're afraid of facing our fears. Maybe it's, we're afraid of moving on with God because how many of you have ever been afraid of what God's going to ask you to do? Come on, really? How many of you have ever been afraid that God's going to call you off to Africa or something? Seriously. If I fully give up, man, God's going to call me to do something crazy. God may call us to give up some things. He may call us to give up some relationships. He may call us to lead a small group. He may lead us to pray for a coworker. He may lead us to go to Africa. Or like the book some of you are reading by Rick Renner, he may say, uproot your family and move to a communist country. What? Do you know that's where true satisfaction is found? when we do what God's told us to do. We will never be content. It's time to be done with fear. We've got to get to the place where we declare, I am done, fear will no longer have a grip on me. I will be free. Not one more day. I told you, write them down. Write down those things that you've allowed to consume you. Write them down. And then repent of them. We've got to repent of them because, as I said, our fears are us declaring to God that he's not enough and that he can't be trusted with our best interest. It's sin. Isn't it? So we need to repent. We look at that list and say, God, I repent of not trusting you with this. I repent of not trusting you with this. And then begin to renounce those things. I renounce this from my life from this day forward in Jesus' name. Go. Command those fears to leave your life, and they will. Doesn't mean you won't have to stretch yourself and take some steps. You've gotten in the mode of not doing that. You're going to have to, but you can renounce it, and that thing, its grip will have to let go of you. 
I will no longer be afraid of man, of intimacy, of commitment, rejection, abandonment, being alone, never being enough, of failure, of death, of dying, of change. I will no longer be afraid of the future. We've got to get into his word because faith is the opposite of fear. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, right? Can't allow our minds to play tricks on us. We've got to do what God's word says. We've got to step out, and we've got to face our fears. Some of you told me last week that you began to list some of your fears, repent of them, and renounce them. How many of you would say you recognize some of the fears in your life and you're ready to be done with them? Yeah, all over. Yeah. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a, you are a great big God. You are bigger than any mountain that we would face. Your word says that you hold the whole world in your hands, in your fingertips. God, we declare today that we trust you. We give you our future. We're done trying to figure it out ourselves. We're done being fearful of it. We give it to you, Lord. First and foremost, with every head bowed, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, that's what it means to put your trust in the Lord. You stop and, and you, you make a decision, a life-altering decision that says, Lord, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to put my faith in you, my trust in you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to let you lead and guide my steps. I'm going to let you lead and guide my future. I'm going to follow you all the way to the end. If you haven't done that, first and foremost, it's pointless. So if you're here and you recognize that your life is full of fear, and that you need to surrender your life to Jesus, this is your moment. You may have never done it before, or you may have done it years ago, but found that he wasn't first. He's not first in my life right now. I'm trusting in so many other things. If that's you and you would say, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus today. Let me get you to lift your hand. With every head bowed. Yeah. Who else? You would say, I'm going to let him lead and guide my future from now on. Have three. Any more? I'm done doing things my own way. With every head bowed, we're all going to pray together. The Bible says you pray this prayer and you mean it so that you'll change kingdoms. You'll become a new creation. You become a child of the Most High God. And His promises are yours. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus for me. I'm sorry for the way I've lived my life. I'm sorry for being full of fear. I'm sorry for doing things my own way. I need to trust you. And I will trust you from this day forward. I believe that Jesus came and he died for me. He paid for my punishment. He died in my place. He took my sin and shame. And I thank you for it. I will live for you from this day forward. Lead and guide me. Shape my future. I'm going to fulfill your dreams, not my own. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me to do all that you've called me to do. I thank you. I love you. I serve you from this day forward and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you for every person that prayed that minute, rededicating their life to you. Lord, surround them by godly influences. Help them to make godly decisions that will point them in the right direction in Jesus' name. And Lord, for all of us that deal with fear at different times in our life, we come against fear in our lives, we face it head on, and we rebuke it in Jesus' name. Those fears that have gripped us and consumed us, that have brought panic and anxiety, those things that have stopped us from doing the things we knew we were supposed to do, we command those things to go in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, we're going to take any steps necessary to make that happen. We're going to step out and we're going to do what we could never do before because you're more than enough. You're a great big God and we trust you. We know that you've got our back. You're standing right at our side. Lord, we lean on you. We lean on you, Holy Spirit, our comforter. We trust you. We honor you. Wow. That honor, that honor comes as we grow our faith. As we grow in our faith and our fear diminishes, our image of God grows and our honor because he takes on more and more weight. The magnitude of who he is becomes more real. Does that make sense? When we don't respect and honor and fear God, it almost goes back to fear again. We don't believe who he is. We've got to put that aside. We've got to trust him. We've got to get into his word and build our faith. Allowing fear to be driven out. So we begin to honor him for who he truly is. Amen? If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.